Courtside Indiana podcast brought to you by Box Out Sports. Box Out Sports is a leading online graphic solution giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes during a season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Courtside Indiana podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. We would appreciate a rating as well as a review on either of those apps. Welcome to episode 80 of Courts at Indiana podcast. We are restarting it. We had a little uh, we had a little audio difficulty and and child diversion, child diversion uh, issues. Um, it's what happens when the wife's out leaving the kids behind and dad's sitting at home by himself. So Zach, uh, if every now and then Zach bellows out a command at one of his kids, that's, that's to be expected. So Zach, how was your weekend, man? Good. Great weekend. Uh, like both girls birthday parties this weekend. So a lot of time with family and friends. Yeah, it wasn't, um, this time of year with coaching, it's it's a long summer. The end of it, it's pretty much just coach and relax. Um, I'll be back watching games this weekend. Uh, we we did. Um, my group had a pretty successful weekend. I might, depending on how long this podcast goes, might have a segment where we talk about my guys overall. I don't I don't know that I do that enough. In an effort to be fair, I don't know that I do that enough. But uh, anyway. Zach's going to get us up to date on recruiting. We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about a couple of things that popped up over the weekend, including a, a fight that on court fight that took place um, at the convention center with a big, with a big event. And I've sent an invitation to Nick Baumgart. Um, not sure if he'll get it in time, but anyway, we're, if he pops in here, hopefully we can talk about that a little bit with some more detail, but Zach, go ahead and get us up to date on recruiting. Yeah. Um, Really busy week, yeah. Uh, offer wise, <clears throat> Jermaine Coleman. We'll start with him. Jermaine Coleman is a 2023 from Park Tudor. He got an Akron offer. Tayshon Comer continues his offer train, and he got a Bradley offer. Ryan Conwell also continues to get a bunch of offers. He got two more: South Florida and Virginia Tech. So a bigger one there from the ACC. Uh, Jackson Edwards, who's also a 2022 from Cathedral, got a Drake. Southern Illinois, Edwardsville, and the Kent State offer. Connor Season, who also continues to be hot, got a Butler offer and a Wake Forest offer. Logan Imes, a 2023 point guard from Zionsville, Creighton, and Drake offered him. Jalen Jackson from Fort Wayne Northrop got a Winthrop, Ball State, and Miami, Ohio offer. Armand Girard from Mount Vernon, <clears throat> Kinesis offer. Andrew Leeper from Homestead, Wabash offer. That's a D3. Uh, J.J. Loudon from Pike, a Kinesis offer as well. Will Lovings Watts from Jeffersonville, Kent State offer. Caden Mana from Michigan City Marquette Catholic, got a Trinity Christian offer. That's an NAI in Illinois. Uh, Preston Roberts, your guy, Noblesville, yep. Coastal Carolina. He's a 2023. J.Q. Roberts from Bloomington North, a UMass offer. Jordan Turner from Cardinal Ritter, Bethune-Cookman. <clears throat> and then Spencer White, also a 2023, who plays for you. At, and then it goes to Carmel. You got a Coastal Carolina offer as well. 
Yep, it was it was a good weekend. Our guys broke the broke the ice, so to speak. It happens in every class. You kind of sit around and everybody's waiting if they're, you know, if they're not one of the first half dozen or 10 kids that gets offers, anxiety starts to set in. And then all of a sudden somebody breaks with the first division one offer and things start to relax a little bit. Me, I'm just like, Hey, this is part of it. I think COVID still, still creating issues in terms of just the timing of how recruiting goes, because all these coaches, especially division one coaches are getting caught up with the class of 2022 let alone yeah. any traction on 2023. Um, so it's good. And, you know, Jermaine Coleman, same thing. That's probably an Akron offer that he would have probably been getting the, after last fall, you know, that somebody would have seen him in July and then had a meeting and then decided to go back. Same with these Coastal Carolina offers. They would have been seen in July. There would have been a meeting. Uh, at the at the end of the at the end of the month, they would have determined where they were going to go watch, you know, who they were going to go watch in the fall once the evaluation period or the contact period picks back up. And those guys would have likely gotten those offers in the fall of their sophomore year instead of the the the, the days or a couple of weeks heading into their junior year. So, right, right. COVID set the class 2023 back about I don't know what nine or ten months just on that recruiting process alone. So. Um, Imes would have gotten that Drake offer sooner. Creighton offer probably would have been about now. Um, but that's a good that's a good setup for him. Asijin picks up two more high major offers, right? And then yeah. Conwell picks up one Virginia Tech. And yeah, South Florida, they're South Florida's in the AAC, right? I believe so. Which is a multi bid league. Hold on a second. Men's basketball. Let's see where they're. Uh, should know this, right? Should. Yeah, the American Athletic Conference. Yeah, they're in the AAC, so that means they're. That's a multi-bid league. So that's. Well, you, you talk about Power Six in basketball. The seventh one's probably that AAC. So. And I did not realize how high up the Sun Belt has been lately, which is where Coastal Carolina is, but. Uh, it's a good. That's a good offer for those two kids, and and in Preston Roberts and Spencer White. So, it'll be. Um, it was a good weekend. It was fun. They they finally start to see the fruits of their labor. We, our group has another. We got a couple of other kids that have Crossroads League offers, and um, and we got some of these guys starting to take visits uh, into Crossroads and D two D two or D two programs too. So, things are picking up and. Hopefully another year back to normal. Any anything else um, pop out other than Jalen Jackson getting a Ball State offer, Miami offers, starting to get some solid mid major offers from solid mid yeah. you know, mid major conference teams. Yeah, it's good to see that from him for sure. I mean, I think he's capable of that level definitely. Now that the shooting's coming around from outside. Yeah, um, Andrew Leeper, I thought he would get a little more attention after the good weekend he had last weekend over at Brawl for the Ball in Fort Wayne. He just got that. Wallbash offer that which is a, a pretty solid d3 offer for him <clears throat> um and then will loving's watts i think he's been kind of quiet hasn't he until this offer yeah a little bit up. i, I haven't uh, seen him play to speak about him any i just know he hasn't we haven't mentioned his name quite a, quite that often well let's see when his last offer was this is his last reported offer well you had an offer last week oh no massachusetts and kent state 
And then before that, end of June, he got one from Murray State. And then before that, it was last summer in 2019 mm-hmm. when he got Wichita State and Bradley. You know, you wonder at this point which offers are still there for him. Right. Um, but and that's the, 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 the dynamic of the recruiting process is, is that oftentimes, especially in public, offers don't get you know they don't they don't get unreported you know what i mean they don't if they're right. rescinded if they disappear however it happens and i'm not saying this is definite but it, however it happens it doesn't get reported um and, and it's going to lead us to something we're going to talk about here in a minute as soon as um but i want to check first anything else on this list that you want to discuss um Connor Siege, and I believe he's making his decision in August. Okay. For, before the season, I believe is what I I heard that on a, a news broadcast. I believe that he was okay. Probably bodes well for Butler. Yeah. I'd say the earlier this goes, if he goes the high major route, it would, it would probably be Butler. But that's just because of. I mean, I, that could be a little bit of a bias on my part, too. Um, I think it'd be cool to if he went to Butler. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> we all, yeah, we all, the guys we like, we like to see him stay close to home. There's no question yep. about that. Yep. Um, I think Comer's, I like Comer's offer to Bradley. Let's see, he's 169. Let's see something here. Let's see what his offer list is. I mean, Bradley's – I mean, the most, I'm still really hold the Missouri Valley in high regard. I know they're not as, the multi-bid league that they used to be, but I still view it as a top-tier mid-major conference. That Bradley and Loyola, Illinois offer look really good. Obviously, the Butler offer. Uh, but those two offers, I'd be, in, I'd be interested to see um, – I would be interested to see if he does. Oh, Southern Illinois too. If he doesn't commit to a Missouri Valley school, if not Butler, um, have you seen enough of him to get a feel for that? But yeah, yeah, I like, I've seen Comer a few times. Uh, not very recent, more of last summer when he was up here in Fort Wayne a couple times playing for Indy Heat. But I, I really like what he's doing. I really like his game, and I mean, I could see him playing in Missouri Valley for sure. I mean, I've heard some some people have commented to me privately. I'm not going to name their names that they think the Big East is a stretch for for uh, Tayshon just because of his size and shooting. Right. You know, the combination they're in, and he needs to be a better shooter to be what he is. You know, to play at that level, or he needs to be bigger. I mean, Butler has won some a lot of games with smaller point guards who don't fit the mold of. Um, if you're small, you're a great shooter or whatever it is. That's, but he does fit the mold and the, the toughness factor, Definitely. you know, and, and it, it's funny because Thomas Jackson was the one that started that, or he was the point guard for the Butler teams that really started their trend of being really good. And he was small and I don't think he was known for his shooting. I got, I actually got a chance to meet him this weekend. He's on staff at Evansville with, with coach Licklider who, of course, basically handed him the keys to his, you know, his offense while he was the head coach of Butler. So um, 
if anybody knows something about that, it's TJ. And Butler has won a lot of games with guys like him and Ronald Norred and, and, you know, players that aren't specifically known for being a great shooter, but uh, certain, and who are small of stature, but then just bring a lot of toughness to the table. And, and without question, Tayshawn brings that stuff. And his shot's developing. I don't think it's good. To me, it's not a concern. I think he'll eventually get there to where at least you're going to have to guard him and you're going to have to close right. out. And he should be able to drive closeouts. And then his decision-making at that point takes over. And he's been really good up to this point. So, um, All right, so over the weekend, we had a, a player. We're not going to name names or schools. We had a player tweet that he had thanked a certain assistant coach and that he's he was blessed to say that he has an offer from such and such school. Um, and almost immediately, right? Yeah, I was, uh, I can check real quick here. You almost immediately, you got a direct message on Twitter from that assistant, from assistant named in the, in the commitment, in the tweet saying, not only did we not offer him that he hadn't even spoken with him. Yeah. I've never even spoken to this guy. Yeah. I was (laughs) kidding. And then I saw one of their other assistants this weekend. And asked him, I didn't know who it was. So I, I don't know any of the coaches on the staff personally, other than I know who their head coach is, but that's mostly because he's he played. Um, you know, he was a high profile player when he was in college. So the other assistant, not knowing which one he was, I asked him, you know, Hey, did you guys offered this kid, you know, were you the one he's like, no. And his comment to me was that this was news to them and their, their group chat. So they have a, their assistants and head coach or like they have their own group chat room. Sure. And his testimony, not really testimony, but his comment seemed to be like they didn't even they hadn't even talked to the kid. He personally hadn't even heard of the kid. Now, that's not uncommon. For one assistant not to know kids from, that are being recruited by the other assistant. It's not completely uncommon, especially if it's early in the process. But it would be very uncommon if it was a kid he hadn't heard of that had received an offer. Um, so now flash forward to yesterday. The kid's high school coach, who I communicate with on a pretty regular basis, we reach out to each other. And basically, um, I told him what, I, what we had seen on social media and now the school coach is getting involved in a, in a good way. I'm saying not, I'm not saying like it's drama or anything. He's getting involved to a find out what the actual facts are, see where there was maybe a breakdown of communication and then help the player learn how to get through this process. Um, of course that prompted me to go on a, that prompted me to go on a little bit of a, not, <laughs> not a rant, but it's certainly a Twitter thread of how this works. Right. right. Um, um, hold on a second. My phone's ringing. I, it's a call I need to take, but I'm going to tell him I'll call him back. Um, and the, the generality is this. <laughs> it's funny how it tied into all this weekend. Unless you're getting an offer from the, the head coach. I, I don't know how legitimate that offer is. It's, it's, it's very rare when assistants make offers. There are some extenuating circumstances, which I'll get into. But it's, it's very rare 
when you get an offer from an assistant coach and I would be somewhat worried about getting an offer from assistant coach without yeah. communicating with the head coach, pretty short order, especially right after the offer, because each team has three assistants that recruit. And if they're all allowed to make offers or maybe, maybe, maybe only one of them is allowed to make offers, you know, who knows, but it still should be coupled with a phone call from the head coach at some point reiterating the offer or, you know, backing up the assistant. If, if the assistant is the one that conveys the offer, the problem there is, is that obviously the head coach is the one that makes the decisions and he can nix it. And if you've got three coach, coaches, three assistants making offers, you don't know if they know what the other ones are doing. And you know, they may offer three different guys at the same position the same day. And the head coach is like, well, we got to choose one now, you know, or, or, you know, basically at that point you're put in this ring of competition without really knowing what the head coach is thinking. And that's where things start to get dicey. Right. Um, right. Because you want it to come from the top, no matter what field you're in, when you negotiate and a recruiting is a negotiation, no matter what field you're in, you want that decision to be coming from as far up the ladder as you can get it. And at the college basketball level, the college football level, whatever, the college sport, that's the head coach. A couple of exceptions would be like what's going on at Duke, where obviously Shashevsky's stepping down. He's, he's, they've got some sort of, they've got a, they've got a process where, you know, whereby John Shire is going to take over. I'm assuming right now John Shire is making all the offers. Matt Painter went through the same thing at Purdue, where he was an associate head coach for a year while being the heir apparent to coach Katie. And then you get coastal Carolina. Well, I don't want to speak out of turn, but coach Ellis is 75 years old with a four-year contract. Cause those are the kind of things I research as a coach. He's 75 years old with a four-year contract. Odds are this is going to be his last contract. Odds are he is looking at this situation as I'm going to build this program up or help build this program up. And then I'm going to turn it over to one of his assistants. I think that's the goal down there. Um, so in that it's coming from an assistant, which is what it did. Although I believe there is some follow-up from coach Ellis that even though it may initiate from an assistant, you've got some sort of extra dynamic there that is um, at play that, um, you know, where that makes sense. So do you know of any, other, do you, have you ever experienced a situation where the assistants were the one making the offers? I mean, I have, but I'm, I'm interested in your perspective on that. No, I haven't personally. And, and I've just dealt with more NAI stuff. So it's more of the head coaches reaching out in my instances that I know about. Right. But yeah. For this kid to just to even put a coach's name on there that he says has talked to him. And that, that was just crazy to me. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. I mean, it's, it's look, it's, I really believe in, in explicit, explicity, explicitity. What's the word there? Um, I really believe in the coaches yeah. should be explicit. Yeah. With their intentions. Um, I thought Chris Mack 
uh, in his recruitment of Dominic James back in the day was by far the most expressive and most explicit um, in his approach. And he basically looked at Dominique and there's a kid that we knew. I mean, he'd already had a ball state offer, but we knew he was going to get just a lot of offers. There was no question. It was no, he was not a borderline situation, but he was like Xavier university is offering you a scholarship and a free education to play basketball at, at, at Xavier. Not that Chris Mack was doing it, but that Xavier university was doing that. And I thought that was as realistic, not only to just the relationship being built, you know, and how the head coach should, you know, wants to create the relationship. And I don't know if he uses the same verbiage with every kid, but that he was emphasizing that if you come to Xavier, you're coming to Xavier to play for Xavier. You're not going to necessarily come to Xavier to play for Chris Mack. Right. Um, but then Coach Mack, went, I mean, and, and Dominic ended up going to Marquette. And, I, you know, Coach Crean handled that recruitment extremely well. Um, and I thought Mack did a great job of building relationship from there. And I, I feel pretty strongly that Xavier, you know, was in his top three or four down the stretch. Um, that's the best way to handle it from my perspective. You get a lot of these guys that'll be like, hey, we want you. You're our guy. And they're being nice and they're extremely, and I would say 95% of the time they're well-intentioned, but it's not the same as we are offering you a scholarship right, to get an education and play basketball at, uh, at whatever school it is. So, um, and if you ever have a question as a, if you ever have a question as a recruit, ask, double check, triple check, you know what I mean? Like make sure yeah. what you're getting as an official offer, not just words. And I think that's important to come from the coaches as well. I think the, 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 the either the high school coach or the summer coach. Yeah. Both, yeah. I mean, yeah, especially if it originates in the summer. Like I texted both head coaches of head, – head high school coaches, the kids that got offered this weekend. Texted them immediately because they got to be involved in the process too. Yep. And anybody that tells you that your high school coach isn't part of the recruiting process, they're just steering you down the wrong path. Now you might have some that are more active than others. Certainly there'll be some that are more experienced than others, but they have to be involved because they're the ones that I can't let coaches into high schools to go visit kids. And they've, they've got to be able to communicate with school coaches to, to make this process to be as good as possible. Yep, for sure. And you know, that's, and that's what I appreciate. Um, the coach here that's of the kid that's in question you know, I texted him what happened, what we saw on Twitter, and he's right away springing into action, making sure that his kids getting good information. You know, I'd love to give, I'd love to say his name, because but that'll out the kid, because the coach is doing a great job of of making sure the kid is, you know, getting the information he needs, making sure the coach understands the process, and if there is a relationship between the school and the kid, to keep it there because it's kind of embarrassing. Right. Maybe right. definitely could borderline hurtful. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, maybe he really does feel like he, he got an offer and he's going to be upset if it's not accurate. If the school wants him, <laughs> I'll edit that out. If the school wants him, then, 
you know, they want to, you know, they'll want to do what they can to keep the relationship going. So I know you've got to leave early. Anything else? Yeah. No, I mean, that's all just, just be careful with what you're, what you're getting from coaches. And like you're saying, it goes through the high school coach too. AAU coach, just, just know the process, get familiar with it have your parents get familiar with it. And yeah, don't tweet it out unless you're hundred percent sure. Hundred and ten percent sure, I guess. Yeah. That's fair too. I mean it's you know, you can get really excited about it, but we'll do this. I'll let you go. I'll let you sign off. Yep. Yep. And I'm gonna cut the cut the recording so I can edit that little bit out. <laughs> um but then at the same time, um, I'm gonna come back and finish talking about this and hopefully nickel. Nick will pop on and we can talk more about what happened to him over the weekend. So yeah, Zach, appreciate your time. Yes. Enjoy the rest of your day, man. Thanks. Yeah. So in, in this instance, you've got, you know, Zach is, is completely right on that. If you are, you know, if you're a kid, you're, you know, you're a teenager, you're excited about what's going on. You're excited about getting a scholarship offer. You're excited about anything, but be really, really sure that you're, you're getting what you're, actually getting you know you say you're getting um and it's it's not that coaches aren't it's not that college coaches aren't um forthcoming or trying to be sneaky about it but there's just times where they're trying to build relationships with you and they're very optimistic about the situation they're like yeah you're our guy you know or or we really want you here you know we can see you playing in our program that is not the same as saying um you know, we are offering you a scholarship to play basketball at this school. It's not even close to being the same thing. And if anybody starts to tell you that it is, they're definitely trying to parse words so they cover their butt in case something doesn't go right. And, you know, the the assistant is important in the process because that is your advocate, especially in the recruiting room, especially when they have meetings. You know, the other assistants might like somebody else instead of you. So that, that assistant coach is your advocate. So that's the relationship um, that, that needs to be fostered as much as, as much as the relationship with the head coach. Uh, but don't get too caught up in the excitement of that extra that, that relationship because you do want to make sure that it, it's no different than any, any negotiation that an adult would have, which is make sure you understand completely the terms of the agreement. Uh, before you you walk away from the deal, before you walk away from the table, because uh, you don't want there to be any ambiguity at all. So moving on over the weekend, Nick Baumgart's team, Southwest Rebels, Southwest Express, maybe, was playing an event down at the convention center. Uh, it was a prep hoops event, and they were playing the Indiana Attack 17 and under team. I believe it was their blue roster. And the video shows um, well, there was a fight, basically, and it, it, it got ugly. And, you know, it's unfortunate that this is that this is trickled into um, this is trickled into common knowledge where these fights now are just not just that they happen, but that they're visible because there's everything is being recorded now. Um, and I would be we try to get Nick on here, hopefully. Um, if not within the next couple of minutes, but uh, you know, next week we can get him on and talk about how it broke down and 
the way the video, the video is sort of inconclusive of how it started. Um, but it definitely was not inconclusive of where it went. And what, what roles that plays and how it's handled, I think how it starts does matter. Um, but it definitely looked like kids on his team were not the aggressors other than maybe trash talking. Um, you know, I don't know. I think they were ahead at the time. I don't know what, what the, what the situation would have been, but you know, it was making its round on social media and talked texting him with him earlier today. He's still pretty shaken up over it. Um, and even though it seems like his team was not the aggressor, it's still unfortunate. You don't want to be part of that. Um, I don't know what the recourse is to the, for the teams that the other team, um, you know, I don't know what the what the implications are away from the court. If there were any punishments doled out to that team, um, unfortunately, you got kids on both sides going toward the the action. Um, you know how that would be viewed at say the college or NBA level would be very bad. It would be very very bad. We had a situation over the weekend where there was a little bit of a scuffle, did not escalate, but one of my kids left the bench. <laughs> to come onto the floor and you know you look he's standing up for his teammate and there was not there did not end up being a fight but it definitely was locked arms people flapping their gums both both kids <laughs> one of my guys and one of their guys and I was out there to get my kid out of it and next thing I know a kid on the bench was behind me and I was like get your bleep back to the bench you know you hate to get sound like you're upset at a kid like that because he's defending his teammate, but you don't want things to escalate. I'd rather take a punch than, than have one of my other kids get involved in that situation. And I know that's what Nick was doing. Nick was, it looked like he was running in flip-flops the way his stride was looking. He was like high stepping it <laughs> to the pile. Um, it's only funny because I know he's okay. At least, at least he's okay enough to swap texts with me today. So Definitely not funny in the moment, but, but yeah, I, you know, I think in all situations, you just got to keep that stuff under control and make sure it doesn't escalate, do everything you can to keep it from escalating. So, um, you know, maybe next week we'll talk to Nick more about it. And, um, because we are getting to a point where after this week, it'll be a pretty big lull in terms of, uh, reviewing kids and talking about events until we get into like September and October. And then, then we get pretty thick into getting ready for the school season so i'll go ahead and throw some reads up and then we'll we'll get out of here box out sports is the leading online graphic solution giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes this season you can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com as zach would point out that's not just for basketball that's for any sport and zach does a great job of using uh, graphics for our website and i think the best one still is uh, chris hawkins the athletics director and boys coach at christmas addicts who is all over box out sports at least his program is i don't know if it's just him or maybe one of his assistants but but they do a great job at addicts with that as well so if you want to learn more about that look up christmas addicts basketball on twitter um, and then also get to boxoutsports.com for their demos and pricing models so pricing models Courtside Indiana podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. 
We'd appreciate a rating and review, especially a five-star rating. And if you got any ideas for content, feel free to give us a DM. We would welcome any suggestions. Uh, the Twitter con the Twitter handle is courtside ind, and that's courtside ind. DMs are always open. So for those that listen every week, we appreciate it. And those that are listening for the first time, hopefully you subscribe and come back for more content. And until then, we'll see you next week.